about them. Kia ora listeners, you're listening to B-Side Stories, Access Radio 106.01 FM. Amazing interview there with Bruce Foster about an incredible exhibition going on in the Wairarapa, all about water with a collaboration of artists. So I think I'm on a, on a little journey, train trip over that way. Um, and so now we are about to have an interview with an amazing uh, youthful group of people from Kai Cycle. So Kai Cycle Urban Farm is a new town and has a reputation of sustaining passionate youthful volunteers and organic waste service that is too full to take any more subscriptions and grows food th- through the compost it makes to give to Kaibosh and other community groups that need it. And what's more, urban farms like these are a solution for climate change. So tonight we are talking to Kai Cycle Urban Farmers Sheldon Levitt and Kate Wormsley. Welcome to B-Side Story, Sheldon and Kate. Kia ora. Yeah. Kia ora, Kia ora. great. Great to have you here. Um, yeah, we want to really know about this urban farm and why it's working and how we can get more of them. So um, could you guys just outline a little bit about what Kai Cycle Composting and the Urban Gardens do? Yeah, sure. So um, I guess the idea is um, a switch in how we live in our cities. Um, there's a whole bunch of food waste that goes to landfill every day. Um, and we see that as a resource um, that can be turned into soil and then used to grow our own local food. So you're essentially um, creating a local food loop, and um, that's resilience because if you can um, make your own food, that's a pretty good skill to have. Um, So we collect from customers, car cycle customers. Um, We give them a bucket. They put their food waste in the bucket. We zoom around on e-bike and trailer once a week and nice. collect it for them, um, give them a fresh bucket, um, bring the food waste home to our farm in Newtown, compost it um, over three to four months, and then we use that compost on our farm um, where we grow food, um, a range of crops which then go, as you said, to Kaibosh, to other community groups like the Newtown Community Centre, Free Soup Fridays, um, right. feed our volunteers. Um, in the past, we've also explored selling to local restaurants. Right. Um, we're still figuring out how best to run the farm side of things. Um, it's, a, it's a big learning journey, mm. um, which is awesome to be on. Um, and the Kaicycle um, composting system is ticking over really nicely yeah. um, in the background. So Great. Yeah. I, I must say I love seeing the bikes hooning around Wellington. It, it just <laughs> makes me feel really good. Just. Um, yeah, yeah, and big smiles and, um, yeah, just the physicalness of the bikes. and it just They're pretty fun to ride, eh? Hey? Yeah. I haven't had a go on the bikes yet. They top out at 25Ks an hour, though, so sometimes you can be going down a nice steep hill like Adelaide Road and you're going, oh, damn. Okay. I'd be so much faster on my own bike, but <laughs> safety is key. Slows you down. Okay. So so quite amazing. Like, So how long ago did Kai Cycle start? In its original form. So um, our history is um, a little complicated, but so Kai Cycle as, as its own thing was originally started by a group called Urban Kai, yes. which was three women in Ardo Valley um, who got on their, their, their pedal bikes. Uh, and that was about five years ago now. And so they were composting wow. in Ardo. Uh, and in 2015... Um, Three other people came together and formed Worker Bee Oasis, which was um, 
the collaboration between a permaculture project and a nutrition project. Yes. And so that was Worker Bee Oasis. And, and for a while, we had Worker Bee Oasis, which was the farming project, regenerative, healthy food. Yes. Uh, and KaiCycle, the people that started that went overseas. Um, so they I, plonked. I think they were one of my first interviews on these sites. Yeah, so they plonked their bins on the farm. Um, and over the last 18 months or so, we realised that KaiCycle, that name actually embodied our, mm. our vision a lot better. And so nice. we amalgamated and went through a name change. And um, so that's how we, we get now to the urban farm and the composting together. And yeah, we see that to probably be the key to this idea. Yeah, a very good fit, as you say, the full loop. Mm. So you guys, listeners, you can't see um, the lovely people that I'm interviewing, but you are quite youthful and it does, I'm not saying, we're not generalising, but I think uh, KaiCycle has managed to attract a, a good youthful group of volunteers so how many volunteers are you, more or less at any one time? Are you volunteers? And why are you attracting uh, a more youthful group, which is possibly not the traditional community garden group, age mm. group? Um, we started off all being volunteers. Um, and, yeah, there was always the farm side, which has um, historically been mainly volunteer-driven, um, with at times um, one paid person kind of managing the site, right. um, being um, and, and a volunteer manager as well. Um, on the KaiCycle side of things, we started off being volunteers and did that for a c- good couple of years. And then um, the cyclists were being paid for, yes. but, you know, $50 for kind of a half a day's work, so not much really. Um, and compost turning, um, I managed the... Compost volunteers, so I got paid for that, but I was relying on volunteers to help me turn it, which was always a weird kind of tension for me anyway. Um, but now we've got all the people on the KaiCycle composting team, um, which is about six people at the moment, we're all paid. Awesome. So that's been, that's been a cool to achieve because that's where, um, that's a really important part of sustainability. Isn't it? Especially with these projects, with composting, with gardening, um, you do have that initial burst of enthusiasm that does tend to die off. Yes. Um, so this just being paid for what you're doing, you know, it's living wage. It's great. We've managed to get to living wage, but it's still not, you know, mega bucks. You still do need that passion and um, enthusiasm for the cause behind it. But it just does mean people can still pay rent, buy food, so you can keep on doing it over the years. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, about six paid people on the KaiCycle composting team. Um, one paid farm manager, but we're still sorting out that role, I guess. Um, and then a few, yeah, a, a group of about 10 core volunteers who um, come along on Sundays week after week and um, a wider community of people who come along occasionally. Great. Um, interested neighbours. You've got kindies on both sides. We've got, um, we feel like a lot of support from the Wellington community, which is awesome. So people are always stopping by to chat and say hi and that's great. Nice. Yeah. So I guess that, that leads me to... That's the ex- well. Actually, I'm just going to pull back. So, one of the reasons why I really wanted to talk to you guys at the moment was that I tried to sign up to the Kai Cycle service, and it said, "Sorry, we're full up. We can't take any more." Sorry, Laurie. Yeah, <laughs> you're too slow. So, I guess it gets me excited when you're saying you're you're actually employing about six people, and and you know now the service is full up with the composting. 
what um, with the collection, what type of people are, are signing up to get their food scraps collected? Where's the, where's the business coming from at that end? It's a real mix. Um, so we've got um, households and office spaces are our two main customers. We've right. got about one third offices and two thirds households. Um, and that's a range of people. I mean, we do charge um, $30 a month for households, um, and that's just to cover all the labour. Um, so, of course, that's not accessible to everyone. Um, but we still have a diversity of people signing up. So fam- families, young families, um, retirees, lots of students um, of awesome. you know, younger than us. Um, as you said, we're pretty young. No. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. So it seems to be, especially in shared households, it's um, pretty feasible for people to afford to do, which is great. Um, we would like to become more accessible, um, so we'll be exploring how to do that. Right. Um, offices, um, we charge sixty dollars a month currently, so that's depending on the size of the office. That's peanuts. Um, yeah. Definitely. So yeah, that's um, yeah we. It seems to work well. Do yeah. you know the the reasons why people are, are giving you know are are keen to sign up for you to take their food waste? Like, does everyone have a different reason? Um, I guess uh, for quite a few of these residences, they they just couldn't compost at home. Yep. Because they either live in an apartment or they don't have any grass. the The house has lost its grass. Um, also, time. Yep. People are averse to food waste yep. and the myths around composting. Um, I think other people just want to support this idea as well. Right. I, I think there's a mix of why people choose to use our service rather than um, do it themselves or just send to landfill. But a lot of people are waking up to the idea that sending anything to landfill is ridiculous. Um, so... Yeah, and we're the only people filling the space, effectively. Wise. Okay, so that's just, I'm going to jump right in. Is there room for for more systems like what Kai Cycle are offering out there in Wellington? Definitely. Absolutely. Yeah, there's 70,000 tonnes of, of organic <laughs> waste to be diverted. Um, yeah, we, we're more than happy to share all of our systems, and we are working with a group of people around the country to... Open source this model completely. Great. Um, that's from the farm all the way through to the composting. That's yeah, fantastic. All of our systems will be open sourced um, at some point. Um, yeah, it's quite a big project, but yeah, yeah, it's it's not hard. It's not rocket science. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we're full for now, but um, we've got some yeah new projects in the works. <laughs> we're definitely not stopping here. Um, it just shows that there's this massive interest and need and people are ready for that culture shift. And Definitely. we just, um, I guess, yeah, you said it the other day, didn't you? We didn't dream big enough. So time to <laughs> keep <Yeah>. dreaming bigger. <laughs> um, yeah. That's awesome. So so going forward, if we're, we're seeing a city, um, actually come back to the composting. We've got an organic collection service about uh, being trialled at the moment by the Wellington City Council. What is your view on, on that? And and is that, a, is that a good thing that we could be doing or are there ways we could do that better? Yeah, um, it's, I mean, composting at the end of the day is really good. We'd like to see... Um, this food waste resource um, being really embraced as that resource and kept in our communities where we can um, turn it into our soils and then we can, our communities can benefit from that directly. 
I don't know, I guess in, if you buy a banana, you're buying a banana, um, you eat that one part, and the skin, you've also paid for that, and that's also a resource. Mm. You might not want to eat it, but um, why pay for the banana skin and then pay for someone to collect it and then pay to get the compost back again at the end of you know that cycle? So why not take one of those things out and get to use that compost that you've already invested in um, so you can grow more food? Um, I think the other thing is that the developing waste management <laughs> systems, like the the paradigm that we have is that when we're finished using something, it, it becomes waste and we need to reimagine these materials. And so it's, it's without yeah rethinking how we're going to do these systems, we're just going to keep going down the same route. Mm. Um, we're going to have the same environmental issues. Still and need so, a truck to collect. Yeah, and, and when you look at, at where that trial is going to go, it's going to take all the food waste from the CBD. It's going to take it up to the hut. And how many truckloads is that going to be? Yeah. It's It doesn't seem that sustainable. Um, so, yeah, that's why we would advocate for our model, which is a localised model, mm. create um, localised systems, yeah. But at the same time, this is a huge issue. And so I think... Um, the trial should still proceed, but it needs to, its tendering process needs to be more open. Its tendering process needs to realise that communities can also do this Mm. and not just big companies, but our tendering process doesn't really offer that. And so I think, yeah, we'll be looking to, yeah, to investigate how we can create a seat at the table for communities Mm. to get some of that tendering money and then to do this work. Absolutely. So, so in a nutshell, what you're saying is that maybe if that that tendering fund was divided into the communities to enable community groups to start their own comp, comp, local composting hub, that that could be a really good solution for Wellington. Yeah, and and the farms to grow the food um, to give back to the people. Yeah. that don't have any, or or just for everyone. Like, why right. can't everyone eat locally? Yeah. Um, mm. It's not that crazy of an idea. No. Um, it wasn't a few years ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. Mm. It's got so many benefits from community composting and community urban farming, like as well as just, of course, you've got your climate change thing on one side, of course, um, keeping food waste out of landfills is really good in terms of emissions, but you've got so many other benefits. You've got education for everyone mm. um you know your community about growing food, which is a really empowering thing to learn, and it's really interesting and makes you feel so good. I, like, I don't I know if I hear you, Kate. It's, mm. Yeah. So local employment um, for you know from the school age to you know for everyone. Um, we've got biodiversity coming into our cities once yes. you're cultivating all those crops. I mean, even on our little park that was pretty just you know a grass kind of wasteland. We've seen. Piwaka waka, and we've got magpies. We've just and heaps of bees um, of all sorts. Like it's just really nice to see that regenerating. Um, so what if we could do that, say every kilometre around our cities? Imagine how our cities would look like there. Um, I'm not leaving Wellington if we get to that. That would be awesome. We're going to get there. <laughs> yeah, we're going to get there. So with so many benefits that. Um, you know, even as a home gardener and, you know, my co-worker, we talk about the first thing on Monday morning is the joy of growing something and harvesting that and experiencing eating it. What is the barrier that, that you know, when, when you can almost see a solution, 
and um, we've got a problem and you're offering a solution, what are some of the barriers to being able to move into this, say, like a garden every kilometre with a local composting hub in Wellington? be pretty hard to get your hands on land um that's definitely a process that's quite a long process when you're trying to get the um the right to um do some gardening on council land there's a lot of land out there it's just um maybe rethinking how we manage it so there is land but it's the accessibility to land Mm, i'd say so in wellington we've got so much space um Nice to yeah. hear you say that. That's not what we're hearing from the top. But right, okay, right. so so the system that we've got for applying for getting that land is, is tricky? I mean, that's one thing. It can take a while. Um, and if you're applying for each different piece of land, um, it's just a lot of effort that people who would rather be doing gardening kind of, it's a bit of a slog to get through. Right. I suppose that's just one thing. Um, There's also, I mean, if we are talking about one of these farms every kilometre, um part of our CBD is going to have to be reimagined. Um, and and so that's going to require private property, so the purchasing of land. Um, and who's going to do that? Um, hopefully the council. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, but I think also it's, it's the toxicity of the land. It's right. what we've actually done to it in the past. Um, a lot of, um, of certain pieces of, of public land has been sprayed with various things over the years that causes issues and you wouldn't you wouldn't really want to farm on that because of the potential health risks later on and so there could be no, a number of years of remediation right. work before you could start planting. Um, okay. There's no reason not to do it but that's a barrier to actually seeing this food being grown quickly. Yeah. Um, what about people to work? What is that what does that look like, people to work on the urban farms? I think we've seen a lot of um, keenness um, for, in our experience with volunteers turning up on Sundays. Um, and as you say, they tend to be quite young people. I think a lot of young people are really wanting to do something. We're kind of aware of the, the direness of our um, human situation on the planet and we, we're keen to start um, reimagining our, how yeah. we live, um, especially in cities, um, so I think there is um, there's already a, like quite a lot of keenness in the community to participate. Yes. Um, and if you can just nurture that, catches on, mm. and if people can like get some reward from that, they go, you know, they get down to the farm, they dig a hole, they plant a, plant some seeds, see them come up. Like that's pretty rewarding. It's kind of makes you want to come back. Um, yeah. But I guess in terms of um, of full blown regenerative farmers we there there is a gap between yeah how do we take these enthusiastic people and get them to that market gardening level um and doing it in a way that is ecologically sound that is that is a different type of farming to what we traditionally see yeah um and there's not many institutions that are teaching that and so yeah there's some questions around well where would where would these skills be taught how would you be trained and um I mean, we still don't know what you would train. Like, no one's really ironed out all the bugs right? Um, and how you actually do this stuff. But once that happens, then you would uh, imagine some sort of, whether it's a tertiary or a polytech takes up some sort of qualification so that people can be taught how to do this, do this stuff. Because um, it, it is skilled work, mm. for sure. 
It's hard yes. work. Yeah, it's hard work. <laughs> and it's hard work, exactly, and, and that's a challenge. Yeah. Okay, so just, just going forward because of lovely time, this is going to be a quick question. We're about to declare a climate emergency in Wellington. How is urban regenerative agriculture helping that? Um, the the key is around carbon sequestration. Um, and the the research that's been done is around carbon farming, which is particular ways of originally looked at purely in pasture, so densely um, diverse pasture, was sequestering tons and tons of carbon, and that's been reapplied to annualised food beds. And similar sequestration has been found, and and some of the numbers that that researchers are coming up with um, shows that we could go triple, quadruple carbon negative um, by transforming not a huge percentage of of this country's land to the four to one carbon farming method. So, like. There's a solution to sucking your carbon out, yep. but we just need to do it. Right. Um, yeah. But it's interesting, we don't hear the solutions, we just hear the problem. Okay, one, one, answer from, one, one word answer, if possible, from each of you. What, uh, why do you love your work at KaiCycle Urban Farm, Kate? Uh, I mean, I kind of want to say smelly for the lols, but um, <laughs> um, healthy in every way I can imagine, really. Nice. Yeah. Sheldon? Yeah, I'd probably nurturing or, or community, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Kai Cycle, Urban Farms and Composting, thank you guys so much for coming into B-Sides today. People Thanks, can Laurie. go onto your Facebook page to find out more about you and how to volunteer. Yeah. Awesome. Kia ora, everybody. Thank you, B-Sides. We're going to B-Side listeners. I hope you've got a lot of encouragement out of today. I sure have. That program was brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Get your voice heard. Thanks, New Zealand On Air, for funding the Access Internet Radio Project.